everyone. Welcome to episode two of the Black Health Podcast. I'm Paula, and I'm here with Mercy. Hey, y'all. And Matt and Khadija are on Skype. Hey. What's happening? And we also have a guest on Skype as well, Nika Schultz, also known as Nick the Nutritionist. Hey, Nika. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, we're happy to have you. Um, So we want to get into some updates since the last time we were on the mic. It's been a minute uh, since the first podcast. Um, And I think Matt and Khadija should start and tell people why they are not in Atlanta. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Yeah, so we're in, well, we're in Silver Spring right now, (laughs) in the cribbo, but um, (laughs) we both moved up to the area, um, like the DMV area, Um, Matt, like, two weeks, a week ago, two weeks ago. I've been here for three weeks now. (laughs) Um, He's been here for three weeks. Wow. Time's gone by Yeah, and I've been here for, like, almost two months um for we're both up here for a fellowship program so don't don't sell yourself short we're up here for a presidential management (laughs) fellowship right thank you uh be modest uh which is a uh, prestigious fellowship in the federal government so we're blessed to be up here um it's a great opportunity (laughs) Um, but yeah it's been it's been cool I'm excited to get some black health popping black health stuff popping up here in DC DMV area Um, so if you know you know a need you know an area you got some connections you want to meet up hit us up you know we're we're definitely down to connect and and do work so taking over and uh, Mercy what's new with you oh you know (laughs) just working the usual but, you know, I did write a $4.2 million grant that you got did. funded at work. Yeah. You I, lit. You know, you know. Okay. Let me get some money, you know, though. Yes. Some, some. <laughs> so, yeah, if y'all need y'all dollars, <laughs> hit me up. <laughs> hit yeah. us up. We got you. Also, Mercy and I just had birthdays. Hey. hey. Uh, this week. Twenty so older. 23rd. Happy birthday. <laughs> Was it Thank your twenty first you. birthdays? Yes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and uh I start my new job tomorrow. Yay. Friday. Hey. See. Yeah, so I'm not gonna tell everybody where I work, but <laughs> it's a new job, so <laughs> new job, new yeah. job. <laughs> yeah, so um we can get into it. Um Today's episode is going to be about nutrition. It's just a really big topic that's been coming up lately. Um, And recently, the documentary, What the Health, has caused a lot of controversy. And we thought all the different reactions were so interesting um, and polarizing. There were definitely people who were like, love it, and people who were like, I hate it. (laughs) Um, And this is a subject that black people especially just need to be more educated about, just as healthy eating. Um, so we're going to get into that, and we're going to talk about that with Nika shortly. Um, 
But first, we kind of have like a different segment that we want to try. Um, it's a new segment that I'm calling current events because <laughs> I couldn't think of anything else. Um, so creative. But we might change it. <laughs> some like breaking news or I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But um, so we're gonna call it current events right now. So let's get into current events. <laughs> yeah so just like when you were in sixth or seventh grade you had to look up a news article and come to the class and present it um that's what we're gonna do here on the podcast today um each of us is gonna come to the table with some recent news it could be something we watched on TV, a Twitter argument, we saw actual news, um, something that happened in our personal lives, whatever, as long as it illuminates some important aspects of health um, and how black people are related to it, um, we're just gonna discuss it. Um, and also I just wanna say if the listeners think of a topic that you would like us to talk about during this segment, you can email us at engage at blackhealth.com and let us know. Um, I think it would be really dope if we got some feedback on this segment. So, who would like to start? Or I will call names. <laughs> oh, this is class. <laughs> right, I'm in school. Right, now I don't want to go first. <laughs> maybe we should start uh, maybe more... Maybe we should start lighthearted, light-hearted or... We could start heavier. I'll start. What y'all think? Matt will start. Okay. Um, so on Monday, uh, Monday, August 21st, there was a there was an eclipse. Uh, the whole United States pretty much stopped. Um, stopped what they were doing. Everybody went outside. They got their protective glasses. Uh, some people paid up to, I saw they were up to $1,000 the day before on Amazon for what? protective eyewear. $1,000? Uh, people price gouging for sure. Um, $1,000? But it was... I actually I was able to borrow some glasses, and it was it was very, very beautiful um, to see the eclipse. But there mm-hmm. was this kind of group of people uh, who thought that they could watch the eclipse um, because their logic was, uh, how did, you know that black people could watch the eclipse, their eyes were stronger, how did slaves didn't know that they didn't have these protective eyewear, they watched the eclipse, you could see colors, all these kind of <laughs> ideas around watching the eclipse that uh, you could get special uh, powers and things like eyes. that. Um, uh-huh. So young, young conscious rapper Joey Badass, um, <laughs> who was a young rapper from New York, uh, was tweeting the day of the eclipse, you know, it's so crazy right now, you know, I'm staring at the eclipse. Is that a bad thing? It's so wild that I'm staring at the eclipse. Um, and all these things about how, you know, he didn't think that it was going to be that dangerous. Um, later on that day, he canceled three of his shows for unforeseen oh. circumstances. Um, and so there are rumors going around that Joey Badass has actually injured his eyes um, from watching the eclipse. Well. And that he is going to have to take some, some special precautions from here on out to protect his eyes in the, in the daylight. Um, so I think this is going to be kind of a theme throughout the podcast that you should just definitely listen to science. Um, it's a, 
yeah. people tell you that, <laughs> that things are dangerous, um, you should you should probably listen to that. And you should you should also do your own research as well. Um, but the science is usually yeah. strong. People interpret it for different reasons. Um, but but look at trust the science. So don't be like Joey. Don't be like Joey. And I mean, they tell you not to look at the sun on a regular basis. So <laughs> just just right. normal day, normal Tuesday. Don't look at the sun. You know, don't you just don't <laughs> stare at the sun. Yeah. That's just what you just you know. So. All right. I also saw Bob um, mm. arguing with people, saying that we did not see an eclipse mm. uh, because the Earth is flat. Or something like that, but yeah, um, rappers. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> not experts, um. right? Not experts. <laughs> well, then I guess that's kind of a good segue into my current event. Um, so, everyone, we love Insecure. That is our show. So. There's been uproar lately. So you have half of people saying, hey, where are the condoms? Which was a um, question that I had myself watching a few of the episodes. Like, oh, okay. That, you know, that just happened. There was no condom. (laughs) Does, you know. But then there's also people who are mad about people saying, where are the condoms on the show? Right. Which I don't understand, because, I mean, and then they say, well, they didn't make a big um, uproar about it on Sex in the City or um, Girls or whatever, but they actually did. They Y'all probably just didn't care because <laughs> we weren't checking for those shows like we're checking for Insecure. So, I don't know. What do y'all think? I think, for me, I think a show like Insecure is relatable to so many people because it feels like something that we it's like our day-to-day lives exactly it's very realistic i think for a lot of people that's why people debate on there for days about <laughs> team Issa versus team lawrence like that's the whole point of it so when you have a show i feel like that's targeting a certain demographic a demographic that is unfortunately disproportionately affected by stds a condom here and there not gonna hurt nobody and I don't think asking where the condoms are should be taken as a negative it's just hey this is y'all show this is the impact you have what's wrong with the little safe sex you know I agree That's all the people nothing know. nothing's wrong with it and it was like totally noticeable to me that there were no condoms uh, being mm-hmm. used like the first time what, how, what? Oh, Issa and Daniel didn't use a condom, which I kind of didn't really think about at that time. Like, I guess, I don't know, because maybe it was the first sex scene. Mm-hmm. But then it was like Issa and Lawrence had sex, their little three-second tryst. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was like, okay, maybe they didn't use a condom because, you know, she was with him for a long time. You know, people do, like negotiate or have mm-hmm. certain reasons why they might use a condom with one person and not a, not another. But then when she has sex with that like weird-headed labor <laughs> dude, right? <laughs> I was like, "Whoa, like Issa, you out here?" <laughs> like, what is happening, girl? Yeah, like 
Yeah, so it bothered me. I would say that. And, like, I get the argument that there are lots of shows that show sex, and we don't always see condoms in those, but I think, again, like Mercy said, like, Insecure is really... um, prominent and like popular with like young black people and I think it's a great opportunity um to like there's this thing called entertainment education um so using Mm -hmm. the platform of insecure to show um just like sneaking in just I don't know (laughs) right and my whole thing is like it's about the awkward situations too that you that happen in life so there's always that awkward moment where it's like oh where's the condom like (laughs) so I don't know I think it could I mean Issa said that they're gonna do better so I'm excited you know I'm glad that they that she did her and her team did listen to the critics um but I don't think people should try to make it into something negative i don't think not at all it was ever anything negative folks were just asking hey like this where are they where are the condoms and you can't just always assume that people have a good understanding of safe sex because again statistics all these stds don't just happen with protected sex so nika do you watch insecure I do watch Insecure. <laughs> did you notice the condoms? Did you yeah, have an opinion I, on it? I didn't notice before I saw all the conversation about it, but I did see that the showrunner uh, said that, you know, they make an honest attempt to put condoms in the background of a lot of the scenes. And mm-hmm. they actually, I saw some screenshots that you, mm-hmm. I didn't notice it watching the show, but um, from the screenshots, you can see that there are condom wrappers. And they yeah. said in the writer's room, they assume that condoms are being used, so... Yeah, I think it's a good thing to show because uh, people are influenced by things that we see on TV and I don't think it would hurt at all to make it more uh, prevalent, more obvious that condoms are being used, right. especially for you know our age bracket that's watching the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so I guess I'll go next because I feel like Deja's <laughs> a little heavy. is maybe, both of ours are pretty heavy. Um, Khadija's is real close to home, whereas mine is not close to home. So last Monday, August 14th, um, a mudslide killed more than 500 people outside of Freetown, the capital of Sierra Leone. That's a country in Africa. And there are an estimated 600 people still missing. Um, So there had been a bunch of rain over the course of like three days, and it caused some hillsides to collapse also the drainage system was so overwhelmed that a bunch of the streets were totally flooded. The mudslides killed people who were trapped in their homes and it destroyed homes and buildings leaving a bunch of other people homeless with no possessions, no food, etc. And so mudslides are natural disasters but natural disasters have kind of been increasing in severity um, lately due to global warming. And then another reason that this one in particular was so devastating, um, many people are pointing to the lack of infrastructure. There was a lack of forewarning. The government um, didn't issue a warning to the people to evacuate. And also there's been major deforestation in this particular part of Sierra Leone 
So because there aren't as many trees, the soil is weaker, it's more unstable, and it's more likely to collapse and cause major mudslides like it did. And so there's been a major problem with like illegal construction on the hillsides where a lot of these people live. People have complained that the government um, maybe didn't do enough to combat this illegal construction. Currently, um, they are still searching for people who may be trapped under the mud. Um, they are, like I said, there are all these people who are still missing. People are looking for their family members and people are at a major, major risk of getting waterborne illnesses such as cholera and typhoid. And there's still some flooding that is expected. And the situation in Sierra Leone is just kind of bad because they were hit by Ebola in the, that recent Ebola <coughs> epidemic, um, 2014 to 2016. And then before that, like in the early 90s um, to until 2002, they were suffering um, through a civil war. So in general, the country is maybe somewhat unstable. Their healthcare system is very strained from this event and previous events. And just resources are scarce and, you know, humanitarian efforts, they're trying, but, you know, you need a lot of people, you need a lot of money, a lot of mobilization to happen to really kind of address the situation. And so I felt like it was kind of our responsibility as being Black Health to talk about this because a lot of tragedies that occur in Africa seem to not get the international attention and concern that I feel that they deserve. Mm -hmm. um, I think that we all know why that is. Right. Um, <laughs> so with our platform, I think I wanted to just kind of say something about it. And then in the show notes, I'm going to put a link where people can donate and a link to an article about what happened. There's an organization called Global Giving, and I found a link on CNN.com where you can give, and it spreads out the funds across multiple organizations that are um, contributing to the efforts in Sierra Leone. So please look for that, and please donate or tweet about it, talk about it, um, spread awareness if you can. Yeah, man, that's, that's really unfortunate that that happened out there and you don't hear about it I, mm -hmm. only places I've seen it has been on Twitter right or Instagram pretty much where I get all my news from these days <laughs> yeah and I just see it from like I saw Jadena uh, tweet about it Might maybe I think Ava DuVernay said something as well um, mm -hmm. but that's something like black celebrities will say something but a lot of other people are just totally silent yeah I only heard about it because of Rihanna Oh, she donated some money yeah. and I think she asked for more attention to be shown to the issue yeah. mm -hmm. my girl Rihanna did you see those tweets that was like um, how they're tearing all the confederate monuments down like who deserves a statue <laughs> now and people were like Rihanna, Rihanna. Beyonce like yes. I'm for it <laughs> yes, yes. yes. <laughs> Barack Obama. Yeah, like Missy Elliott. <laughs> yeah, put one of Missy and Tim in Virginia. <laughs> well, I guess speaking of Virginia. Yeah, speaking of Virginia. Oh, goodness. Um, so I guess this was two weekends ago that this happened. But yeah, for those that haven't heard about this news, I feel like most people probably have, um, at least in the States. Um, in Charlottesville, Virginia, at the University of Virginia, um, some white nationalists 
and Nazis came to protest um, the, was it UVA's decision to take down, um, or like Charlottesville's decision to take down a Confederate statue. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so they came with just all of their hate bringing that into Charlottesville and there were counter protests um, and during some of those counter protests um, a white nationalist had come and like ran his car into a bunch of the counter protesters and a woman died and a bunch of people were injured and yeah it was really bad and I think the connection between those incidents, that incident, <laughs> and um, black health is kind of twofold. So the first is that, um, like, the impact of racism and, like, constantly seeing and hearing about like events like this has a really negative impact on um, like our mental health and just Mm -hmm. our feelings about ourselves and our self-worth and our anxiety that I don't know I think that when I heard about the incident I at first I wasn't too like phased about um like initially before like anyone got hurt um because they look like stupid as fuck (laughs) right um yeah with their tiki (laughs) torches but I think just having that sit like I don't know the more that I like processed it and set saw how other people were processing it and how like difficult it was for a lot of peers and just other black people um to see those images yet again and how similar they Mm -hmm. were to like decades ago that's like one of the impacts and then just in general like racism has an impact on physical health too and there have been studies and research that shows that the continuous stress of being a black person in America leads to worse health outcomes um, in terms of chronic diseases and just in general, like your physical health um, is more likely to be less than that of a white person because of just being existing as a black person in the U.S. So, I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Or just Charlottesville in general? Yeah, I mean, I think that has... It's it's a lot, right? So, we know from a lot of public health and, like, medical research, like you said, that oftentimes stress manifests itself in the body, can take off years of life, um, there are studies that show just from dealing with discrimination and racism that black people live shorter lives than people um, of other races and ethnicities. 
Um, and so that is compounded and you know that that effect spreads when people like you said view this on television hear about it in the news experience it in their own city um and i just can't imagine like living in charlottesville being from charlottesville going to school at uva and still like having to reconcile with this all the time like you know there were white nationalists in my city someone was murdered and like i'm i still have to be here like this happened here the crazy like, thing is, like, I can, we all went to a PWI at some point, um, and I can see this happening at, <laughs> like, some oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah, like, easily. Charlotte, like, I'm from Virginia, I almost went to UVA twice, <laughs> but, like, I really don't, I, I hate, it, like, frustrates me when I hear people say that like Charlottesville is an isolated incident or like mm-hmm. just paint it in a way that it makes it seem that this couldn't have happened anywhere else because this literally could have happened and has happened like mm-hmm. in plenty of white spaces. I think it'll be interesting to see if how the reaction will be here when they if they try to change the carving on the side of Stone Mountain. Mm. You know, that's, that's, I've lived, I am from Atlanta and I have never stepped foot on Stone Mountain <laughs> for that reason alone. My mom was like, oh no, that place is racist. There are Confederate soldiers etched into the side of the mountain. The Klan has rallies there every weekend. So, I don't know, I think in the new um, Stacey Abrams, she's running for governor first black woman to run for governor in the country actually what? um yeah <laughs> Damn. I, That's I was really yeah i was like wow yeah. in 2017 um, <laughs> but yeah so and that's one of the things she says she wants to do is get that taken off of stone mountain so mm. I, I think that'll be Charlottesville won't be so isolated then I'm sure and I'm I'm all for taking down these uh these confederate monuments and statues and stuff like that um but a lot of people have been bringing up the point that this needs to be backed up with action and stuff as well Mm -hmm. so it needs to be more than just a symbol but symbols are important but this needs to be reflected Mm -hmm. in our policies um and specifically our healthcare policies. Like, black people just deserve better, and we need to, like, all be pushing for legislation that helps black people and everyone else live healthier lives. Man, you said legislation. I thought you were going to say reparations. Well, I was about to, I was about to cheer. <laughs> hey, <laughs> we need those, too. That's <laughs> pretty much the same thing. Yeah. yeah. I'm not against reparations <laughs> at all. I really do think we should all be able to go to college for free black people yeah. I mean I mean everybody but actually black people especially <laughs> yeah I mean most of the time at most of these institutions slaves were the ones who built them so sounds like yeah. a fire mixtape title man reparations and legislation <laughs> <laughs> black help present <laughs> alright well um, that concludes current events great job guys um <laughs> So now we'll get into our interview.
Anika Schultz, also known as Neek the Nutritionist, is a Baltimore-based nutrition educator who works with low-income families, people of color, and disadvantaged communities to empower them to eat better and make healthier lifestyle choices. She has a Master of Science degree in Nutrition and Integrative Health from Maryland University of Integrative Health. And on top of being super smart and extremely knowledgeable about food and really passionate to help those who need it, uh, Neek is a really cool person and her Instagram photos are super dope. Her page is beautiful with all these high def mm-hmm. pictures of fruits and vegetables. Uh, she looks so healthy and happy and it's truly inspiring. So with all of that said, we welcome Nika and we are so glad to have you here with us today. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Yes, thank you. So our first question, we just want you to describe yourself. If there's um, anything you wanted to add to that intro, describe yourself and the work you're doing around nutrition in Baltimore. Okay, so uh, it was really interesting hearing about you all's experience attending PWIs because my experience is completely the opposite. I'm from the DMV, so that's a very black area. I went to a HBCU, Morgan State, and I live in Baltimore. So I've just been around black, <laughs> black people, black areas all my life. And um, so I started my work in Baltimore as a health educator, and I worked for an organization, and we did HIV and STD testing. And we would drive all around in the city on this huge mobile home and uh, test people for HIV. And um, so we would park in the real Baltimore, you know, and this is <laughs> when I recently moved to the area. And so I got an education quick and I saw how people were living. I saw the neighborhoods. I saw the abandoned homes, the destitution. Uh, and I, I just always wanted to help any way I could. And along with developing my passion around nutrition, improving my own diet, uh, it just led me to work in these same communities to help improve the way people ate. Yeah, so did you see the documentary, What the Health? I have seen it, yes. Okay, cool. I love all food documentaries. I've probably seen all of them. (laughs) (laughs) So how did you feel about it? Uh, For what it's worth, the main points of the film, I pretty much agree with. Uh, The main points were eat less meat, eat less animal products. Uh, It has an environmental uh, component and has uh, animal cruelty issues are a part of that, but also our health. All the research shows that uh, by decreasing the amount of meat you eat, you decrease your meat and animal products, you decrease your risk of stroke, diabetes, heart disease, high blood pressure, some cancers. So I definitely agree with that part. Um, Some Mm -hmm. parts of it uh, I didn't necessarily agree with uh, their approach. They used fear-based tactics to inform the viewers and um, I just I just would rather educate people about the dangers instead of uh, yeah, <laughs> telling people them. they're gonna die. <laughs> right, they're gonna die. <laughs> Cause fear doesn't always work, and I'm like kind of rebellious. So I'm just like that just makes me want to eat more exactly. pork. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. A part that I did appreciate in the documentary was when they highlighted environmental racism and how um, black and brown people tend to be closer to like environmental hazards in these um, 
farms and like mm-hmm. animal waste um, and the impact that mm-hmm. that has on your health. I think it was, I appreciated that they pointed that part out. Mm-hmm. Yes, I definitely Actually, appreciated that part too. Yeah, do you guys want to just give a quick snippet of what environmental racism is? Because I've seen people on Twitter, like there have been people talking about environmental racism and there are clearly people who think that means that the environment is racist. <laughs> <laughs> and it is not that the grass hates black people. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like that example in what the health environmental racism has to do with the placement of minority black and brown and native communities in areas that are environmentally hazardous near toxic waste and pollution and like in what the health they were near um again like these really toxic areas near like animal waste and pig farms right yeah. yeah and yeah and just so happens that those areas where there are more like environmental hazards um just housing and just it's just more communities of color in those areas so that is a very clear example of institutional racism. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it impacts our health. So I, I have a problem with what so, the health. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear it. Um, full disclosure, haven't seen the documentary. Not going to watch the documentary. Um, so this is just based off of uh, a few articles that I've read. Um, from what I've, I know people just talking to people about the documentary. Um, and there's just a lot of really bad science there. Um, and I think yeah, yeah. that there are reports that the documentary references that don't really say what they interpret it as. Um, and I think, as yeah. uh, Nick said, that it's an effort to, to scare people. Um, yeah, and I don't. I don't yeah. think scaring people is the way to get people to make better decisions, right? You give people the information mm-hmm. um, for what mm-hmm. it is. You present right. facts as they are, and then allow people to make choices. And I think anything when you're sensationalizing something, you're not giving people accurate information, so then they don't know how to accurately implement what you're saying. So I've seen people who are just right. like, "I'm not eating meat as of tomorrow." I'm going full, I'm going vegan, I'm eating more plants and vegetables, I mean more more plants, fruit, vegetables, whatever you have, Um, but don't really know how to get all the nutrition that they need on a plant-based diet um, Mm -hmm. because the documentary wasn't supposed, what didn't really show you that, right? Um, Right. Right. And so I think had what the health, um, again, I I haven't seen it, but (laughs) not gonna see it. (laughs) Gonna eat some chicken tomorrow. Um, <laughs> had what the health, um, you know, explain how to appropriately transition into a plant based diet, a vegan diet, and then how right. to appropriately like right. tell people, you know, these are the this is where you get your nutrition from, these are the things that you need to eat. I would have appreciated that more, and I may have watched it, but bad science really annoys me. Um, and then and you can really interpret anything to, to prove a point, 
Um, that's pretty much what mm-hmm. statistics is. So that that is my gripe with the with the documentary. I think that's an important uh, point. I've been seeing a lot of people who you know say immediately after watching the film that oh I'm gonna switch to a vegan diet but I always make the distinction between vegan diets and plant-based diets because Mm -hmm. a lot of people may say like oh I'm going vegan but you may get the fake sausage links (laughs) and breakfast get the morning star (laughs) you know fake bacon yeah morning star with ingredient lists from here to there right um Doritos some Doritos are vegan uh Oreos are vegan (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, a lot of people have trouble with that transition and just think that because something says vegan that it's a healthier option, and a lot of times it is not. It's not real cream in Oreos? That's very true. No, girl, no. 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 Eat Oreos. I can say I'm vegan then. Yeah. <laughs> you can. Yeah, you can eat only French eat fries Oreos. and Oreos all day and say you're <laughs> a vegan. Right. Right. Yeah. And that is one yeah. thing I have noticed too is that people say, oh, I'm eating healthy, I'm vegan, or I'm vegetarian, but their plate will just be starch, starch, and more starch. Right. Yes. And yeah. you're like, well. That's actually what I tell people, you know, <laughs> if you're transitioning to a vegan diet. And it's something, uh, one of my roadblocks, because I went from um, pescatarian to vegan, and now I, I have a plant based diet. But um, one thing that I did uh, initially was become a carbitarian, you know, eating a lot of yeah. pasta and rice and potatoes. And I actually gained weight, you know, mm-hmm. when I first became a vegan. So I try to tell people, don't do what I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do that's better. actually, that's kind of where I am, actually, Nika, um, because I went plant-based. And it is kind of hard to not eat a whole bunch of carbs. Um, but I will say I did some research and it seems like they say it's okay to kind of eat more carbs if you're mostly plant-based but it is still something that I try to keep an eye on and make sure that I'm actually eating more like greens and vegetables and not getting most of my and the quality of your carbs you know they say look for the darker variety so instead of the white potatoes look for the sweet potatoes instead of the white pastas Mm. and breads and um, rice you know get the brown rice and whole grain pastas whole grain breads and things like that to make better choices. So so the distinction between vegan and, and plant-based, what is what describe a plant-based diet? So plant-based diets are filled with plant foods such as beans, whole grains, vegetables, fruits, nuts, and a smaller amount, if any, of animal foods like meat, milk, and cheese and eggs. So you can have a small amount of animal foods in your diet and still have a plant-based diet. Mm-hmm. But just like I said with vegan diets, you can uh, eat nothing but the processed vegan uh, meat replacement products and cheese replacement products and you know there's so much processed food processed vegan foods available on the market the ice creams now and um, mm-hmm. and have a vegan diet but that doesn't necessarily make it healthier right it seems mm-hmm. to me like a big part of the difference is plant-based seems more like holistic and about health in the food whereas veganism is more of a uh, lifestyle and belief system around kind of like animals and animal cruelty and correct um, stuff like that so there's kind of different reasonings behind one one Mm -hmm. might be vegan versus plant-based absolutely absolutely like not everyone a lot of people are vegan for you know animal rights issues um, and not necessarily anything to do with health 
and you know that's apparent in in a lot of yeah. people and um, the industry you, the products available you can just see the trend that they're not health foods because mm-hmm. I do notice that like like you were just saying all the processed vegan foods I'm like mm-hmm. that can't be better better than eating meat or because <clears throat> it's exactly. still heavily processed and exactly. I never understood why they want to make vegan sausage. <laughs> I guess, why do you want to eat something like sausage, but that's not sausage? I would, if I'm going to stop eating meat, I would just don't, just keep it away from me. <laughs> I don't want to substitute because it's never going to be sausage. Yeah. Well, I got, I got some Trader Joe's soy riso in my fridge. That <laughs> there's so <laughs> Rizzo's banging, but shout out to TJ. But I do, I do definitely agree, Mercy. <laughs> Wait, did you have the soy Rizzo on that boat, man? Was that yep. You know, I was on a boat, and you know, I had that soy Rizzo. That was good. <laughs> that soy Rizzo was good. <laughs> <laughs> I felt healthy that day. <laughs> Nobody knew it wasn't me. I was like, surprise. <laughs> gotcha. And that, it, they cleaned that out, too. There was none left. So, um, Nika, do you have any other advice for people wanting to transition to plant-based, a plant-based diet? So, like I said, it's just, I always tell people to watch out for the quality of the foods. Um look at the ingredient lists you want to make sure that you can understand and pronounce what's in the ingredient Mm -hmm. list uh stay away from all types of processed foods you know you want to try to minimize that in your diet whether it's vegan or not um anything that's packaged will automatically have higher amounts of fats added sugars um added sodium and those are the things that are really uh, putting your health at risk uh, definitely right. just look for whole foods, plant-sourced <laughs> foods, fruits and vegetables. Just try to eat very plainly and simply, and you'll do the best. Definitely. That's good advice. So I guess we want to talk a little bit more about food deserts. Um, what is a food desert? And just get into the idea of like food availability, because I think that that's a big problem in Black communities. So yeah, like if you could tell us what is a food desert. So the USDA defines a food desert as an area that's void of fresh fruits, vegetables, and other healthy whole foods. So these are usually impoverished areas Uh, grocery stores aren't nearby. It's usually uh, at least a quarter mile to the closest grocery store. And uh, residents within these communities don't have access to adequate transportation to even get to the grocery stores. Mm -hmm. So what you'll see in these areas are uh, more liquor stores, corner stores, um, carryouts that we call them in the area. Um, and that's where residents get majority of their foods and they just don't have fresh, healthy options. I think I live in a food desert right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally have transportation mm-hmm. to get places, but right. I recently moved to a different city in Georgia um, called Lithonia. It's um, about 90% black, I believe. Um, and there's just fast food restaurants everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> 
that I have to drive past all the time <laughs> and I'm trying yeah. this new plant-based thing so it's like wow this is interesting to start this diet moving to this area but mm-hmm. I mean it's definitely opened my eyes so yeah. yeah yeah and you just think about the people who live in these communities and have lived in their com- these communities for their whole lives you know what right normal is for them what uh you know how they normally feed themselves and what their options are and you know it makes you wonder it's almost as if it's by design (laughs) right of course of course right and so what are some tips or resources you would give to people who live in these areas who maybe don't have um adequate transportation or no transportation at all and then maybe low income don't have like you know a lot of disposable income and you know are struggling on a budget so how do they eat healthy absolutely it's definitely difficult to do and in these communities they don't a lot of residents don't even have the knowledge to to be able to advocate for themselves for for better access But uh, there are some things that you can do. Uh, Every state, uh, the state university has an extension program attached to it. So uh, that extension program will have nutrition workshops available. Uh, You can look to any urban farm or um, urban gardens that many of them have work share programs where you can kind of donate your time and uh, volunteer at the garden and you can uh, be paid in some of the produce that's harvested through the garden. Uh, They have healthy corner store programs. Uh, That's an initiative here in Baltimore where the corner store owners are encouraged to offer, you know, fresh fruits and vegetables amongst, you know, all the junk food that they have as well too, to be available to the consumers. Uh, farmers markets, many of them are now accepting EBT and food assistance cards. Right. Mm-hmm. So you can use those uh, to purchase fresh, healthy uh, fruits and vegetables directly from the farmers. And uh, you can try your hand at backyard gardening or adopting a plot at an urban garden to grow your own food. I like to grow my own vegetables. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I dream about being like a little gardener and a composter <laughs> and all right. that stuff. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Like my grandma. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But we have to get back to those traditions. And mm-hmm. we can definitely tell in our family. As I look in my family, I can see that. Uh, and the the studies and the reports show that, you know, this is the first generation that has a lower life expectancy than our Mm-hmm. What is it? Then, you know, the previous people previous in our family, people. you know, the previous generations were li- outliving us. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think it has a lot to do with our diet. It's all the hormones and the steroids that they're feeding the animals. Right. I love chicken. But, mm-hmm. I mean, convenience I, I do foods. think about how many chickens do they have to kill to get attendees. <laughs> or some wings and a 10 piece for everybody right you know, for every family you know so many yeah wings. i have a conspiracy so theory wings. about wings it's not sustainable at all so something's yeah. gonna have to change mm-hmm. i think khadija you should share your conspiracy theory oh yeah wings. so <laughs> there are like the u.s consumes billions of wings a year um i think and don't quote me on this i think 
And I would also like to say that these are not the views of black women. <laughs> this is Khadija. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> the U.S. consumes billions of wings a year, and we also produce we produce less chickens than there are wings. Um. So my theory is that they are making some chickens with m- more than two wings, lots of wings. Um, to, to tainted meet, chickens. Tainted chickens that are just to meet the demand, wings. yeah. <laughs> Nobody, <laughs> just wings. Just wings. No, no breasts, breast, no cats. Wings and beaks. Wings. <laughs> <laughs> Wing and beaks. That sounds like a restaurant name. Wings and beaks. <laughs> wings and beaks. It's gonna be song. You know the people will be in <laughs> song there. Song one on yeah. my reparations and uh, legislation. <laughs> legislation. Wings and beaks. <laughs> You're a trademark. <laughs> <laughs> So how's it how's it going for you your your transition? How long have you been transitioning from pescatarian to plant based? What was your diet like prior to that? Um, let us know. Yeah, so my diet started changing uh, as soon as I went to college. So my best friend and I went to college together. And we had this whole thing that, you know, we were going to have a rebirth. (laughs) (laughs) Like we were going to go to college and like, you know, remake our, you know, ourselves into, you know, these sophisticated young women. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, I don't know why one of the the first things in this plan was uh, that we didn't eat beef and pork anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So like on our first day of college, we stopped eating beef and pork. Well, I did. She went back, but I never went back. (laughs) And um, so from there, you know, a couple years later, I cut out chicken and turkey, and then I was pescatarian for a couple years. And then I um, I attended this program in Baltimore called the Vegan Living Program, and they actually help people transition to a vegan diet, and it's a six-week program, and you take a pledge, um, and they pair you with a coach, and you go to programs every week. Um, and it was very helpful. That's the program that actually introduced me to plant-based diets. Um, and I was actually a vegan for about two years after that, but, um, so I was having some other health concerns and, uh, so I, I don't think I transitioned properly because like I said, I became a carbitarian and was eating a lot of, um, processed foods and, uh, pastas, rice, potatoes, French fries, things like that, you know, because that those were vegan, you know, that's what I can eat and not necessarily turn into the vegetables <laughs> mm-hmm. to make up um to make up my diet. So, um I went to I got a um a naturopath in addition to my primary care physician and they look at your blood work a little uh a little more closely and he found that although my cholesterol range was good for, you know, my normal primary care physician before they, they didn't see a problem with it. But he said that it was actually too low and it was uh, interfering with my ho- hormone production. So from there, um, when I was vegan, I never missed meat. I'm just not a meat eater. I don't miss it at all. But what I did miss is eggs. And so, you know, I kind of feel like your body is sophisticated and it it actually craves things that you're deficient in. Mm -hmm. So all this time I was deficient in cholesterol or my cholesterol levels were too low. And um, 
and I'm craving eggs. So, <laughs> so at that point, I decided to add eggs back into my diet. And um, so I eat eggs and uh, I did more research on the vegan butters. And a lot of them are, you know, similar to margarine to me. They're processed mm-hmm. food. They're not natural. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather eat something that's natural. I get a good quality organic butter. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's better than something that's been made in a factory. That's my own philosophy. Right. But um, so right now I <laughs> I have a plant based diet, but I eat eggs and butter. <laughs> yeah. That's not bad. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I do think about like if I ever did that, I'm like I would miss butter so much. <laughs> yeah. I love butter. I love butter. That's just my philosophy. I like things that. Uh, you know, you look on the back of uh, the label for butter, and it has one ingredient, it's cream. Mm-hmm. And if you're getting a good quality butter, mm-hmm. and it's organic and hormone-free and all of those things. So. I just don't like seeing a, a long list of ingredients on, my, on the foods I eat. It freaks yeah. me out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, especially especially juices, stuff. too. Like, yes. it would be like 0% juice. It freaks me out. <laughs> like, what is that then? What am I drinking? What is it? <laughs> And then especially when it says 0% juice and then you still like shake well because it settles. And you're like, but what is settling (laughs) if there's no real juice in here? (laughs) Um, So I do have a question. So I noticed when you talked about your transition, it was like you kind of eliminated things over time. Would you say that's probably the easiest or like the best way to kind of go about it? I think it's very individual. I know people who have transitioned to vegan diets overnight. Mm -hmm. And when I did transition, I did do it overnight through the program. Um, So I think everybody will have an approach that works best for them. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, that definitely helped me. uh, Because I had, you know, a few years at each stage. And my diet's constantly evolving. So I don't believe in being so rigid around your diet. I believe in giving yourself that space uh, to grow and expand because we have different needs throughout different stage of our life. (laughs) I think it's important for people to um, pay attention to how they feel when they eat, like how specific foods or types of foods make them feel physically and possibly like even emotionally. I think that there's some talk about how eating makes you feel like your how it may, might relate to your mental health um, but definitely your physical health you should pay attention because I will say like I've like I said I've been eating plant-based lately um, and I felt a lot better um, but I'm not too strict so like sometimes I will still like on the weekends if I go out to a restaurant with a friend or something um, I might eat meat or I might have dairy it just kind of depends. I try to like, you know, so I don't have cravings or so I th- that I don't feel like, oh, I'm really missing out. Mm-hmm. I'll try to give myself kind of like a cheat day or, or something. But I've been noticing like after those cheat days, I feel horrible and like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like real nauseous. And then I have like these like shooting pains, like oh, wow. in different parts of my, it's been kind of scary, like <laughs> in different parts of my body, like, and it's just, I don't know. And I think that, you know, there there's some evidence or I don't know, I, well, this is kind of from what the health, but I've heard other people talk about this too, that like just eating meat might cause like inflammation and stuff. And I feel like that might've been what I was experiencing when I was like eating vegan all week and then, or plant-based and then had some chicken. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, I just feel really weird. So, yeah. so I mean, but just stuff like that, like just pay attention to what your body is saying mm-hmm. and react to mm-hmm. that. So... Yeah. yeah, everybody's yes. different. So, yeah. 
And definitely see your primary care physician. Get your blood work drawn. See, yeah. uh, see where your levels are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good point. It's very important. Maybe I will try to cut out something yeah i'm like maybe red meat i don't i don't eat too much red meat every mm-hmm. now and then i just want a really good steak but that's probably only like a few times a year because even what the health was saying the really bad thing is the processed meats and the red meat yeah like, yeah yeah especially the processed meats yes for sure the um deli meats um cold cuts and things like that very terrible and processed like salami bacon um smoked meats smoked turkey necks Mm -hmm. get your mamas (laughs) get your mamas i'm like we can put smoked turkey in the collard greens Mm -hmm. (laughs) thinking we were doing better not using ham hock (laughs) yes all of that stuff though sorry i'm making weird faces on my end I've been Googling meat and chickens. <laughs> so, you got totally excited. <laughs> right. <laughs> so good. Have you found any all-winged chickens? Yeah. All-winged chickens? I mean, I can't tell if these are photoshopped or not, but I'm pretty grossed out. Chickens are just ugly in general. Okay. Um, Nika, did you have anything you wanted to add? Just anything you might think would be important for people to hear. What I want to say is um, when I was transitioning as well, one of the things that I started to do when I was um, you know, cutting out classes of food that I no longer ate, like red meat or something, I also started with some of the fast food restaurants. So you know, one day I said, oh, like, okay, I don't eat McDonald's anymore. And at this point, that was about 10 years ago, you know, um, like Burger King, okay, like I don't eat there anymore. And you know, just start adding on one by one. Mm-hmm. Um, if you find yourself eating things like that or eating at places like that. Yeah. I think it's important for people to kind of get in the habit of cooking at home mm-hmm. if they can. That way you control, like, what goes into your food. Mm-hmm. So I do, I think that's a great idea to start it. Like, even if you're not going to cut out meat or something specific, mm-hmm. cut out, like, fast food and try to reduce right. eating out. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And cook more with fresh food, not canned, but, like, yeah. fresh or frozen Yes. yes. How do you feel about like the meal delivery systems that are really popular now that will like send or like the ones that will send like different ingredients to your house and like with the recipe and you cook them whatever meal? I haven't purchased any of them uh, mm-hmm. myself, but I have had friends that have used them. And I think they can be very convenient. Uh, One of my friends who uses them, you know, is a single mother and has two young boys. So it's convenient for her to get the boxes, you know, at her doorstep, have all the ingredients. With picky children, you don't have to worry about, you know, wasting too much food because you only get sent what you need. Mm -hmm. So uh, you cut down on food wastes. Um, but I think, you know, there's a market for everything with everybody. Somebody will find it useful. I actually like going to the grocery store and shopping and picking up my own <laughs> produce and <laughs> touching things and looking it over and reading labels and things like that. Um, but I understand not everybody does. So, yeah. yeah, I think it's a great idea. And they, you know, they have different programs. So some of them are organic. Mm-hmm. Some of them are you know, more plant-based and sustainable and things like that, so. 
Yeah, I think it's great for yeah. for people who may need that convenience. Okay, is that it, guys? Those are all the questions we have for Nika? Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Thank right. you. So, yeah, this concludes our show today. We want to say thank you again to Nika for taking the time with, to talk to us and to share all her knowledge. Um, and you can find Nika on Instagram at Neek the Nutritionist. That's N-E-K the N-U-T-R-I-T-I-O-N-I-S-T Nutritionist. <laughs> and check out her <laughs> I, I was they struggling. They can't even spell nutrition. <laughs> I was making sure I was spelling it correctly. So. <laughs> um, and, but all of this will be in the show notes. So, yeah. But, and also check out her website, meetthenutritionist.com. And yeah, if y'all like this episode and y'all want to hear more, don't forget to subscribe to the Black Health Podcast. We love reading your comments and getting feedback. So reach out to us and check us out on all social media platforms at Black Health, B-L-K-H-L-T-H, and our website, blackhealth.com, where you can read our blog and shop our super popular Black Health Matters tees and our other merch. And thanks for listening, everybody. Until next time. Bye.